you're listening to Charge Podcast, episode 15, the podcast that looks at tech under the hood. I'm your host, Owen, and joining me yet again is your co-host, John Edgar. How are you today, John? Still joining you. <laughs> I, I like, I, I want to troll one day and like, you won't be here. Yep. It'll be like some weird person. Or you just like, don't introduce me. Just be like, <laughs> just keep, just keep just talking. Keep talking. Yeah. <laughs> I'm your host, Owen, and today we're going to talk you. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> I mean, at this, well, I guess it's actually good to introduce uh, ourselves still because I presume someone might start listening. New listeners probably. I, I guess. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Are there? <laughs> There's no way to know because Apple doesn't tell us shit. <laughs> Well, we should yeah. maybe do. Maybe we should start putting it on um, SoundCloud a little bit or something. Something to consider. At least that way, people can comment on it. Mm. Oh yeah, That's that might be a good huh? idea. It is really lame how bad podcasting is on the it's tech side. It's almost like so. someone needs to make a sidekick app for the app for like the podcasting yeah. section of the um, app store that like has old school style uh, BBS uh, forums yeah. or whatever. It's P- cool. Let's just, let's just install PH. What was it PHP? Fuck! What was the PHP message board? PHP. <laughs> Oh, PHPBB, yeah, the classic. Yeah, PHPBB. Oh, that's great. Hell well, yeah. maybe maybe uh, a good solution to that is one day we'll do a live broadcast and that way people can like watch and comment as we say things. Oh, that would be a good idea. Yeah, that would be fun. And then We could also have will... a Slack channel that people could join, I suppose. Yeah, I actually have one, so maybe we'll start sending out invites. And well, just you go could like put that. the um, we could put uh, Guillermo Rauch's um, uh, mm-hmm. Slacken thing where yeah. you can just like sign up and join. Yeah, let's do it. So okay. go to the chargepodcast.com and it will be somewhere there by the time you hear this in your ear holes. Unlikely that it will be there by the time that you hear it in your ear holes. Probably, probably, probably soon. Probably not. Yes, but at some point. <laughs> we'll, we'll make it happen. We always need more Slack channels. So oh, God. More we, where were we last week, John? <sighs> oh, and for people who sit and talk <laughs> about technology and do technology all day. We're bad at computer. We're really bad at computer. So we used Zancaster, which I don't think we are at any point of saying that we dislike it yet uh, because we don't really <laughs> super know what happened um, either. It, so once again, it was my fault. Um, well, I, I blame the somehow tape, but... my audio did not get saved to Zancaster. And uh, Owen and I actually, even at the beginning of the episode before we hit um, play. We always have like a <laughs> half hour catch up just because we're buddies too. Uh, we were like, should we use Audacity this week? That's when we said really bad stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> should we use Audacity this week? Super cocky. Should we use Audacity? No. Yeah. Why would we open Audacity? This thing works like, great. Yeah. One, one extra step of just back, you know, making sure that you have. So this week we are also backed up via Audacity and Zencaster. So <sighs> I think, I feel like we have a couple of solid weeks and then like something goes wrong. Yeah. But I'm going to just call us noobs. <laughs> Podcast news. It me. <laughs> well, so did you hear about that app that's taking the world by storm? Have you tried it? <laughs> I presume you you're not talking, talking about, about the Snap as a Chata. You're talking about the other new, yeah, the children's new, new app. app. Yes, children's app. I mean, I'm sorry. talking about Pokemon Go. Yes, sorry, sorry. Car- the car- I mean, not cartoon. Uh, what is it? <laughs> it's like anime. Oh yeah. Sort of. It is actually technically manga. Is it? Yep. I um, didn't know. So I actually Did you, you don't know. No, no. I, so I don't have it. I I actually l- literally know nothing about Pokemon. Like I think there's a generational gap here. I've never I've never watched it. The only reason I know what it is is because I went and read the Wikipedia page about it after. Oh my god! All these people started talking about it on Twitter and stuff like that. Did you um, not play it on Game Boy or like anything? No. Only, only Zelda was the only oh, game worth playing on, on Game Boy. Uh, but no, I'm I didn't. so disappointed. You know what's even weirder? <laughs> like I was super involved in like very early Deviant Art, which is like the right. the breeding ground of anime and manga and mm-hmm. Yiffy and furry and all that crazy town. <laughs> uh, and I did not know about this manga comic. Wow, uh, and this manga. It's crazy. So, um, it's interesting though. Uh, 
have you, have like you noticed uh, people all around New York doing it, or is it not no, as widespread? No, it's insane. It's, yeah? it's insane. I like I walked out of my office the other day down onto the street level, and we have like we're right on. Um, if you want to look at our building on Google Street View, <laughs> we're at three fifty five Madison Ave. Um, nice. So the building has like a little. Uh, uh, thing that goes down into it, uh, like and like and then sort of a uh, undercovered um, but open outdoor space, and then the vestibule, and then like our lobby, and then into the building. Um, right. And so I came down out through the front doors, and in that area, just before you get to the street level of Madison Ave, there's just like a swarm of kids. I thought they were Snapchatting because uh, they had <laughs> their phones open and they were like had the video mode on, and they were turning, just walking, turning around in circles and stuff, pushing their screens, and I'm like these kids are so weird they're getting super weird but then as i kind of like noticed there was tons of little groups of them doing things and i'm like weird and i walk to and from the office every single day um right so as i was just like walking around i've been walking around new york i've been noticing uh more and more these people just like groups of doing this doing whatever this thing is uh uh, central park is super weird union square uh or sorry um yeah union square also and then washington square park by the fountain right now is just like oh because it's probably a pokemon gym there yeah like it's so weird i don't even know what a gym is i said someone was like i have a gym near my house and i'm like okay (laughs) (laughs) you just discovered gyms wow and then i and then someone said oh I, i they were like talking about this, these gym things. And I'm like, so gyms are a really integral part of this, this game thing. Gym owners are going to be really pissed off at these people. <laughs> All these people hanging around their gyms. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. Oh, God. So what it's is pretty, tell us about it? It's pretty fun. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. Did you ever see that ad by Google? It's Ingress. It's basically like a location-based game. And the only way to play it is you have to walk around your city to discover Pokemon. And when you do, you can catch them by like going into this like crazy augmented reality mode and flinging Pokemon Pokeballs at them, Pokemon balls, Pokeballs at them. And you catch it in the real world. Like the Pokemon is superimposed over the ground or whatever. It's super fun, super viral because, you know, AR is fun and it's like all about getting you outside and like going around in the real world. And it's kind of this weird thing because it got so popular so quickly. Everybody's running around like in groups. And it's actually like what I love about it is it's such a cool, it brings people together. People, there's all these stories at the moment of people hanging out in parks, meeting each other, meeting out the front of their houses, like while looking for Pokemon. I don't know. I think it's the coolest thing ever. I'm super addicted to it. I'm terrible. There was also some dark sides to it. I imagine there is. It's like the same Someone, thing as I read holding your phone out. Some people got robbed. Went everyone, yeah. People were luring people to a specific location to rob them mm-hmm. for their phones. And then apparently someone found a dead body when they were doing it. Yeah, I, I saw that story too. I was like, I'm not sure if this is a clickbait, so I'm not going to read it. <laughs> Another, but it's cool. I don't know. The, so obviously I work in city tech as, as I'm sure the last episode of my ranting uh, is apparent Excellent. and um, so uh, the owner uh, the CEO and founder of C-Click Fix which is a um, municipal uh, kind of like reporting application where you can see something that's fucked up in a city and take a photo of it and then just hit send and it'll send it to right. the city and they'll be able to understand where it is and what needs to be fixed right um so i didn't actually read the medium post uh but apparently he's like thinking about ways to uh use this poker game to um to help cities uh figure out things that are going on in them or something like that which i'm not sure if that's marketing or if that's like actually something that could be done but i still think think you could if they did a partnership it's i mean pokemon go is genius in the sense that it's like a data harvesting app that's all it is yeah i saw that it gets access to well well they, yeah. they claim in in after the fact that it was a mistake or something like that but that sounds like i mean full I, google I, account <laughs> access nice sounds like the intern created the api keys well <laughs> it's, yeah seriously well i mean if i was if i was actually google and i because don't isn't this all owned by google yeah, well, that's the weird thing is I don't know how to say the name, but I think it's Niantic Labs. They're like an ex-Google company, the majority owned by Google. 
I feel like they made the app while they were at Google. Right. So it's like the continuation of Google's weird vertical integration stuff where they like create all these weird data right. things around their their central like product ecosystem. So, I mean, if I was Google, I'd be like, hell, yeah, I want this. I want I want to give all of the privileges of Google to to the app so that I can yeah. understand the no, relationship. The yeah. So, I mean... I guess after you get caught, maybe it's easy just to say, oh, sorry, that was a permissioning error, or maybe they just actually made a mistake. I think they did kind of, like it didn't need Gmail inbox access, but it seems like they didn't actually have that in the first place. It was kind of a little misconstrued what was actually going on. But I I think there's crazy, man, the brands are going to be thirsty for Pokemon Go. They're already talking about sponsorships they'll be able to do, like you'll be able to place a lure on your business and like make Pokemon come all around your business, and it's like, Oh God. Yeah. But apparently it's like working. I've seen a number of posts like stores selling a lot more stuff because of all the Pokemon players. It's glorious. <laughs> anyway, Rachel has, um, what are the things that you're supposed to click on every once in a while called? Are those the gyms? Yeah. Oh, the gyms. Yeah. Or catching the Pokemon. Mm, I don't know. She tweeted a picture of her desk at work and she has three of whatever it is that you're supposed to go to to like do things at, like within mm. four minutes sitting distance of her desk nice. so she can like play the whole game from her desk and like apparently she's... Yeah, it's like an Amsterdam too. <laughs> so you're doing this. It's like made for suburban America. Yeah, I am. And the best part is it's not actually out here yet so I can like get Pokemon levels before everybody else can get it like dutch people can Wait, get so it how are you doing so, that? <laughs> uh it's so it's available uh based on your app store location and my itunes account is new zealand and that was the launch country so i've been playing for you know a week or two already <laughs> <You're> <laughs> i'm cheating basically Owen. but i like most of my dutch friends here have created us itunes account just to get access like that's how desperate people are to play so thirst is real the Pokemon thirst is real. Now let's talk about that other hip app. Snap is a chatter. Snap is a chatter. Did you see what happened with Snap? Snap is a chatter. You're really bad at saying Snap is a chatter. I am. You're much better at it. Like it's a habit. It's almost like I invented it. <laughs> no way. Uh, you know what? Because it, it, it's like I feel like I'm Italian per- an Italian person saying pasta when I say it for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. Yeah. It's, a really it's like the tech thing. version of that. Yeah. Snap is a chat, is a okay. Anyway, so they released a new feature called Memories. Yeah, I'm just I just opened it. Did you try it before? No, I haven't tried it yet. It's pretty nice. They basically, uh, guess like invented the camera roll, <laughs> like the photos app inside Snapchat, and it's actually super nice. Like the whole way it's done is pretty compelling. Not only they not only kind of made it so that you can save things added to your story for later but they also added like machine learning search to it so you can search for objects like beaches and hair and it will find them right within the app and that's crazy it's such a genius way to keep people within like the snapchat ecosystem and you know like my the way i use my phone now is with snapchat as the default camera so it's perfect for me i just save everything into memories Boom, done. Apple should just uh, buy Snapchat then. Please, God. Apple buy Snapchat. But Apple's not good at social. What would Apple do with Snapchat? Buy it, never update it. <laughs> I don't know. Let, let Evan run it? Uh, if, see, like, if Apple acquired it, gave Evan unlimited funds to like run it how he wanted and just let it be, the things it could do would be crazy. He already, I don't know if you saw those, the, the leak from the Sony Pictures hack. He was already in talks to make Snapchat into like a music sharing service and all this kind of stuff. And inside Apple, he could actually do that, right? So shit, that would be a cool acquisition. And then just make Snapchat the default camera app. Boom. All the millennials are happy. Oh, that is a really good idea. Yeah. Like you, when you set up your iPhone, it's, it asks you, do you want to use like the boring camera mode or Snapchat? Or Snapchat camera mode. It would be super sick. As long as the photos save into the camera, like the internal camera roll automatically, genius. All right. Hopefully Tim Cook's listening. Mm. Or at least Should somebody. Email him yeah, at apple.com and ask him yeah. to listen to the episode. Yeah, let's do it. Please, Cook. We have the thirst. No, yeah, but I, I think it, I think it makes sense. Sometime. <laughs> yeah, come hang. No, I think, I think it makes sense. 
the thing is, like, oh, did you see that? So this, <laughs> this is memories part, and then there's a separate part from memories that has a pin code called my eyes only, <laughs> which oh, just reinforces that Snapchat is used for dick pics. No, I refuse to believe it. It's it's yes, my it's eyes only. It sounds like the lamest spy movie. Jeez, they could have, yeah, they really could have thought of a better name. They could have called it private area, or private mode, or not dick pics. <laughs> not dick pics. <laughs> Remember on Windows ninety five, you used to have briefcase. Yeah, yeah, and that well, was kind of like Dropbox. It was supposed to be right. It was like what? I don't never used it. No, it's some random Mark shit that was always on your desktop. Fucking briefcase, can't get rid of it. What was briefcase? Let's Google it. In Microsoft Windows, the briefcase is a special folder that supports simple two-way file synchronous between... It's literally Dropbox. Yeah, Microsoft was so ahead of its time. Yeah, it just was really shit. No, Windows 95 was dope. Yeah, but briefcase wasn't. I don't know. I think I remember using briefcase. I'm going to make a tweet about it. What happened with uh, your favorite company this week? Goofy Elizabeth Holmes. <laughs> yes. That. Mm, so have you been following it? I only know that it was bad news. Mm-hmm. She'd been banned. Banned from what? Being a CEO of her pharmacy company. So wait, is she still CEO? Like, what actually happened? She got. I don't. I don't. I guess like I don't know if she can. How she can be like continue to be the CEO of of the company, but apparently they banned her from from working in in, in the in industry labs, right? Yeah. So. I don't, I don't know what it means really for the company. I mean, I just feel like Theranos is just one big mess, right? Um, What's well, only a matter of time, surely, by now. Yeah, I don't know why they don't just like, you know, roll it down or figure out what the hell they're going to like. Cut it loose. And it seems like there's a continuing, continuing defiance from them or something, which is like yeah. sort of, okay, I get it. Look, I'm a startup founder too. You have to like push against the world and like make your will reality and all of those kind of things, but it's not good. And it's kind of impressive. Like most CEOs would have folded by now, right? Mm-hmm. So um, it was actually the center for Medicare and Medicaid services. That it wasn't actually the uh, FDA because uh, that wouldn't make any sense, actually. So the and banned her f- uh, for two years from operating any clinical lab. So like, I don't know how she continues as the CEO of the company, but I guess she can maybe. I don't know. And I think she was also there were also fine so tough tough times for Theranos I I like still kind of want to believe in them but also I just think everything's shady and weird they need to change their tune well they have to be like most companies would have shifted into oh god we're sorry mode but they're like no we weren't wrong mode still so I mean maybe they weren't wrong I don't the evidence is damning well it's certainly true that if you try and like she they're trying to do something that is like I think we've said this before, right? It's okay to take on insane amounts of money and be like, okay, all of these things are done in this way and this is a terrible way to do this. And if I uh, invest all this money in research and development, I will be able, in theory, to create a machine that will do all of this silly complex stuff for like half the time or whatever and blah, blah, blah. It seems like in their rush to like, and I don't know if this was investors pushing them or like ego or what it was that like... Like caused this right. to happen but it seems like they just like kind of got sort of maybe kind of halfway there and then just like ran out into the world and started like offering service and whatever and I don't know if that's because they needed that volume of um, that volume of test data to understand like to iterate on their machine or to understand where and what's going on uh and so they kind of had to have that big of a sample size so it made sense for them or if it was like really was just like hey we want to start making money we want to start generating revenue like we have all this ambition all these plans but it's a really well-funded right. company like i'm sure they could have afforded to chill for like 
I mean, they've been chilling for a long time, yeah. but it uh, just seems like it was just a, a, a really poorly executed uh, disruption play. So, oh, well. Yeah, it's a shame. Maybe they can come back from it, but almost at this point, it's kind of got me thinking, like, just reboot it. <laughs> so, also, so you're, you know what well, Hyperloop is, right? Speaking oh, of weird things that happened, in the, that happened in the, uh, in the press. Tell me what Hyperloop is. Okay, so Hyperloop is uh, Elon Musk's um, insane mind brainchild um, where I believe he just like paid a bunch of engineers to come up with this thing called uh, the the Hyperloop. It's open source, right? Yeah, I think he was just like, hey, yeah, anyone wants to build this seems to be a good idea. And you can, I can't remember the exact exact proposed... uh, uh, time savings that it was uh, going to result in if it ran, but um, it, like you could get to from San Francisco to LA and like oh, it was in response to the high speed rail bullshit in California. He said yeah. he'd been thinking about it for a while, but didn't have time for it, so he released yeah. it. And I think so. The thing was like you get f- from San Francisco to LA in some like insanely short amount of time, like like a half an hour or an hour or something like that, right? Anyway, so he open sources this thing and a bunch of people look at it. Some people say it's not unfeasible. Some people say it's really cool. And so this group went off to try and build it. Do you know, uh, sure, sorry about, they're doing construction in my office right now. So I'm podcasting (laughs) from the office instead of from bed. So that's what the banging is. I apologize. Nice. Um, Do you know Shervin? No. Okay, he has. I think it's called Sherpa Ventures. So he's okay. like, a, he's a like VC dude from the Valley, and so he put into with his fund uh, uh, some cash, uh, and then raised some cash as well, uh, and then got a CTO and co-founder. Um, this guy called Bro Brogan, Brogan Van Brogan, okay. and. Uh, and they went off and tried to build this thing. So I didn't really pay too much attention to them, although they continued to get some press after they began that process. Um, and then a couple of days ago, it came out that the one of the co-founders and the CTO was had filed a lawsuit in them about them uh, against them. And mm-hmm. so obviously then the details of the case start to emerge and they are hilarious really this guy left he leaves with three or four other early engineers and um and basically they all leave and then sue the company and it's like nice. misappropriation of funds uh nepotism uh like oh they're yeah like their friends work for the company their family works for the company um do the ceo dude Shervin apparently allegedly was uh they had a pr firm and then he uh he became romantically involved and got engaged to um their like pr liaison and right. the and the company's uh uh bill to the pr firm went to forty thousand dollars a month from like seven thousand dollars a month Damn. um his brother is the general counsel for the company uh apparently wow. he used to regularly uh tell the senior engineers to stop working uh and give so they could give uh tours to like silicon valley friends and stuff oh my god um, yeah, and like uh, apparently including a, a nightclub doorman. I don't know why that's interesting. Nice. Uh, and um, <laughs> it's representative, and then, though. Oh yeah, it gets even more crazy. So then what? that's just the like that's just the like misappropriation, nepotism, all the bullshit stuff. Filings include a security camera of a man apparently pervish holding a rope as 
in the shape of a noose walking through the office towards his desk. What? Apparently, he came into the office and there was a noose on his desk in the morning. Oh, my God. Um, because he had gone to the uh, board to let them know about all of this things, these things that were going on. Oh, my on. God. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and like a whole bunch of uh, accounts of, uh, physical, uh, uh, threats of physical violence and demotion, um, and all, like all of these kind of literally things. crazy. Like, like literally you go read the thing. Like I highly recommend people go read the, like, I think, I'll link I think to it was it. Buzzfeed that, that, uh, I read about it in, I like laughed so hard. I actually, um, is it Natasha, right? Is the, or well, yeah, yeah. she should be at Valley Wag. Yeah, I think, I think so. Good. And the and she's, at, she's at, yeah, and she's at, yeah. So she, I think she wrote it, and I met, DM'd her on uh, Twitter, and I was like, just so you know, that I died laughing reading. That was the most hilarious <laughs> account of Silicon Valley tomfuckery I've ever seen in my whole entire life. Like, thank you for, like, oh, it's so good. Go read it. It's like, it literally reads like it should be a whole season of, of Silicon Valley, just this so story unfolding. Hyperloop to me looks like vaporware anyway, so I'm really not surprised by like, like these companies that are strutting around doing the Hyperloop thing haven't actually done anything yet, right? Like none of them have actually built really anything. There was that one demo. <laughs> that was a really shit demo. I mean, it's so, a really hard thing to try and do, I think. Like I presume it's like huge amounts of money and huge – like you're, you're, we're talking like a, an actual infrastructure project yeah, right like about, government we're level talking about, money. yeah we're talking about like the railroad we're talking about you know the pony express like this is this is infrastructure so yeah like i the, maybe the theories are solid and like i think that what these uh, folks are trying to do is is prove out that the theories sort of work on a small scale and then they'll go out and try and, ra- and raise like a trillion dollars and actually create this thing uh, dollars. hopefully in a private public partnership which would be the right way to do this yeah um but anyway, thought that was quite quite lulls, and apparently also this week is not the only week of crazy lawyering and lawsuiting happening. Some yeah. stuff going on with our friends, the Goog. Oh man, I was just looking at the Trello that we use to organize this, and the title for it is "The EU's Gonna Fuck Up Google." Oh yeah, <laughs> it's like so they have already I think two ongoing antitrust lawsuits from the European Union. And now they've got a third one. So the first one was Android. They were abusing Android for a dominant position in the market. And then the second one was advertising a Google Shopping in search and above Amazon. And now the EU is accusing them of giving preference, using its dominant position when offering its search products on third company party, uh, third company websites. So like, you know, those internal site search things that you see, that kind of thing. Huh? Yeah, it's weird. Explain it's, that one more time. You know those on, on-site Google search things? So you can put like a Google search for your site on your site. Does that make sense? So can you, you can use Google search to search your site? Yeah. It's like okay. Google site search or whatever. It was really popular a while ago. It's not so common anymore. But you used to see like a Google branded box on like, I don't know, you would see it on The Verge, for example. And so... um Apparently, they abused the dominant position for that. And, dude, it seems like the EU is just out to get them now. It's kind of insane. I don't know. I think we I think we talked about this already, right? And we we're saying that it seems like, you know, Google is being uh, punished for being successful in Europe. It's just it's kind of unbelievable how, how these charges kind of are. Like, Android is in 90% of phones in Europe because well people prefer android here and it's cheaper and the iphone isn't as popular like that's just how it is so <laughs> i don't know <laughs> just it's, it's just crazy we're seeing the 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 furthering of symptoms of the fact that globalism is like <laughs> doing some funky ass shit right now like, well, yeah and the eu is super thirsty that, on this think, like the George. eu wants like a, a cut of everything right so if you look at that rule they're trying to push on Netflix right now, they have to have like 60% local content from Europe in Netflix to go to market in Europe. <laughs> like, see, see, you know what's wrong here, Owen, is this actually needs to be a... 
like tariff or treaty agreement between the U.S. Right. And, and Europe at this point. Like, right, right. They can't. They can't continue to. There needs to be an understanding f- from American companies on mm-hmm. like how to kind satisfy. of like the data agreement. Well, I mean, that's just yeah. That's crazy, yes. but it's still an agreement. You know, at least it's not like, oh, surprise, you're dominant. We're going to miss miss you up. You know, <laughs> I don't know. I, I I disagree with the well. I'm not I'm not super versed in European politics. Don't get me wrong, but I disagree with the the premise that Google should be punished for being so successful. I don't know. Yeah, they don't it's, seem to really dig the free market, do they? No, they don't. No, Europe Europe wants its own version of Google, and you're like, yeah, but no. <laughs> like, yeah, sure. Then make it. Beat them. Yeah, like, go. Come on. Have you seen Bing? Like, guys, we don't want that. <laughs> so. I don't, I think that's it's going to be really long-winded and it's going to take a very very long time to play out but I feel bad man they have a whole office out here just defending against that so it's just phenomenal it's very interesting to me should we talk about sports on Twitter have you seen Twitter mm-hmm. is basically pivoting into sports Mm-mm. that's a shame because I hate sports yeah it's like Pokemon Go they could live stream that and it'll be way more interesting uh, so they're basically trying to buy the rights to things like the NFL, college football, all this stuff and create these like two screen experiences for tweeting alongside live streams. I'm just not super into it. Also live streams. I don't like them, but maybe it's just the tech guy in me. Like I will prefer to watch it at my leisure at any time as opposed to streaming it. But it seems like Twitter is really into like TV now. And I'm not sure, like, that's the best move. It mm. seems very strange. Yeah, I'll let Snap us a chat, sir. Well, it just doesn't seem like... I get that Twitter is, like... It is actually a second screen experience already. People tweet about the TV shows they're watching and whatever they're doing right now. So it could be a good fit, but I worry that their whole product will be reoriented around that. Reoriented? Not reorientated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. It was just mild, mildly interesting. They're streaming. They're streaming. Um, I think baseball this summer, something like that, exclusively on Twitter, and so they're winning the rights to these games and stuff over TV channels. Like what? <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't make any sense to me. Sports. Sports. Don't know. How was the it. AI conference? Oh, it was good. Thanks for asking. It finally happened the the conference what remind us what it was because it was like four weeks ago you mentioned it yeah so it was it's called artificial intelligence now and it was a uh public open symposium um hosted by the white house and new york's university of information and law uh and google open research and microsoft research and the macarthur foundation yep so all real people uh all really good people uh, attended um deputy cto for the united states was there wcio for the united states was there like a whole bunch of people it's really cool um it was hosted by uh kate crawford who is an incredibly incredibly uh uh brilliant brilliant person um highly recommend following her on twitter uh she is the principal researcher at microsoft research and a senior fellow in the new york institute of law information and um so it was cool yeah uh it was specifically focused on the uh socioeconomic uh, challenges that will be faced um, globally, but but I think they were really focused on the United States um, in the near the, those near term impacts, uh, on socioeconomic impacts of artificial intelligence. Uh, so we're we gonna get messed up by bots or what? Well, so they looked specifically at three things: social inequality, labor, healthcare, and ethics. And I would right. say that there was. Um, an underlying divide on a few things, uh, but generally everyone was fairly so everyone was fairly aligned. So the high level is basically that you know we've talked about this before, but artificial intelligence and artificial intelligence technologies—it's um, a very wide 
gamut of things, right? Like you could say that we already have forms of artificial intelligence um, in the algorithms that serve up adverts. Um, and an example of that, mm. and I guess an example of that that kind of will show you how that becomes distorted as you increase the complexity of the uh, artificial intelligence and the thing that's trying to do is that if you have a name that is um, that is ethnically diverse and specifically African American, um, you are exponentially more likely to be served adverts for uh, like criminal help services, what? get out of jail services, bond services. It's crazy. Uh, like, yeah. Yeah. Why? So that's already crazy, right? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and the boss figured that, that out. Yeah. If you, that, well, that's how it, that's, I mean, there is already some of that in, in, in Google AdWords today, basically. Uh, and so if you, if you, uh, extrapolate that all the way out, it, we have to be very, very careful that we're not building, um, inherent prejudice and, uh, into our, into our algorithms, into our artificial intelligence. Right. Um, and that, we already see that happening on that very small but very stark and shocking scale. So how that plays out in terms of like racial profiling generally across more and more and more services that um, that that profile us to try and, you know, decide what it should do related to us, uh, we just have to make sure that we're really thoughtful about that we don't yeah. want something that even even almost frankly like uh tries to mimic our current social the state of like, our, yeah. state of our current society right i think um what was that uh thing that hey tay tay or whatever uh oh the, yeah microsoft's bot that eventually thing. became racist within an hour right so that was but they did that to see what would happen and they were like okay yeah, and it was racist if nazi we, loving if uh, we, like yeah give it all this information society is going to make it racist it didn't become racist on its own we made it racist by the way it was interacted with yeah within right? an hour and within an hour <laughs> so like it's completely fucked so yeah so when really ai scary. just kind of goes off that cliff of uh you know like advanced advanced like really advanced intelligence we're really boned yeah (laughs) so then the other thing that they talked about was labor um basically there's an 80 percent job there's an 80 percent chance that if you make less than 20 dollars an hour in america today you in the next five years will have a job replaced or yeah the next five years uh will have a job replaced by a computer and or the next five years five to seven Damn. That's like... <laughs> Wait, like, yeah, 80% chance, $20 or less. How many people in America do you think make over $20 an hour? Mm, not many. No. Well, compared to the lower bracket, no, not many. Tiny percentage. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. So you look at the... So I, you know, I I, I watch... Uh, uh, Chair Yellen, Janet Yellen, uh, do her, her federal address of Congress every single quarter, every single update. I watch them. And one of the things that she always points to is like the economic indica- indicator that's like the saving grace of the American economy right now is, oh, right. jobs are posting okay. You know, jobs are posting okay. Jobs are posting okay. There's 6 million jobs available in America. 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 Cool. Okay. Also, Last month, out comes a report between between six and and eight million jobs in America are going to be automated over Ugh. the next three. So it's like, well, you know, Shit. yeah. So basic income. I don't know. Who knows? Um, the other section, healthcare. Uh, Google DeepMind um, 
head of Google DeepMind, which was uh, DeepMind Health specifically, which was an acquisition by mm-hmm. Google, um, was there. He had some interesting things to say. Uh, basically, the thesis of his talk was that, that um, health, modern healthcare devices like the Apple Watch and uh, right. whatever is going to be coming out, and any like glucose monitor that we might have in our in our uh, contact lens that can monitor diabetes or anything like that, uh, needs a more stringent and more uh, well. Uh, uh, better design process by the uh, regulators, the healthcare regulators, the FDA and the uh, the Medi and Medicaid folks. Right. Uh, and so they are actively like sending out the signal to the government being like, we want to sit down and talk about how to, how to, how to redo peer reviews, how to re- re- redo, like how we're going to look at these technologies. They want the data, how we're right? like, technologies. Well, I actually think that there's a component of it where they're like, I don't, I do feel like Google like has its core thing, but then also, I think when you look at like don't be evil like they yeah. it depends on how you define evil but there is like a very sh- stark line of evilness that like a lot of people would agree on and i think that yeah. they and like we can all find that common evil in there in but that and like, i think if the health data proves things it doesn't matter no, i think, I think. That, well i think their point is more like hey we know that there's this huge massive margin of error in these things and we have to put like incredible insane amount of resource to make them really really good and once we start to release some products and copycat things come out like we need a stand and a way in which to ensure that the standard and quality is at least to the caliber that we've done presuming that we're doing the best job right now if right. not better kind of thing um, I think that's their concern right that if you if they bring out a glucose uh, eye monitor they want to know uh, I uh, contact lens they want to know that when everyone else brings them out to that we're protected and like that that is at the they'll, they'll read the same there's a baseline like you know laid down way that these things have to be implemented um, and then I think the final one was ethics and 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 I mean, that just goes kind of back to the inequality thing and the, and the stuff right. that we talked about in the beginning that we have to be really careful about how we implement those things. Uh, there was very little talk about the singularity. Um, <laughs> there was one kind of little general panel with uh, the head of, of artificial intelligence research at Google uh, or at Facebook, sorry, and um, someone who she's the CEO of a, uh, a robotics uh, company. She's trying to do um affordable commoditized uh home robots that will like you know yeah like well yeah i mean it's the same thing that boston dynamics is doing basically uh you know who needs a maid just bought for a thousand dollars buy your maid robot and you come home and your house is clean like why is that why is that it's not i don't think that's a crazy thing she's really far she's really deep into it uh too so that's cool uh and then um i can find out who it is we can or we can just send a link um but and then uh and then uh i can't remember who the other person was but anyway uh they were like oh yeah um 50 50 divide on whether or not the singularity is either here the guy from facebook was like well could happen two years ago and we don't know about it yet uh which i laughed at and uh a couple of other folks were like nah, i think it's further away than we think it is but <laughs> the um uh meredith from google and uh and founder of the open research project there uh she was like oh i think it's faster than everyone thinks it is it's, it's soon so that was cool yeah, like, I like, wake up I like, one day basically right yeah i think that's i i i'm curious to see how it happens i like i well we I will I'm, i mean it's, it's well, for our generation to find out firsthand yeah it's gonna be very interesting <laughs> well that's the question is like what jobs are left when that decimates I mean, I think we have economy. to have a we have to have a proper talk, you know. I think that we're, well, we're, in, like, we're in for some proper talk time. Yeah, even if you even if you're like, all right, I'm in a white collar job and like doing coding or marketing. I'd, even even then, if the bottom, you know, if if the bottom huge chunk of people lose all of their jobs, right? Then there's nobody to spend money 
So therefore, like most of the other businesses can't do anything, right? Like there's nothing to sell necessarily. Right. Right. Or at least not to Americans. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. Um, In fact, like, so do you remember that um, (laughs) robo lawyer? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It filed and successfully won 160,000. Crazy. I think it was 160,000. Don't call me on that, but I just, but I think Something like that. it was hundreds of thousands. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that company got acquired by a law firm. What? So this is what we said before. Like, why do you need like junior clerks anymore? Their only job is to go read the law, figure out all the relevant points and brief the partners and the people who are going to do the litigating and stuff on it. Like, right. So if a, well, a computer can do that better than any a human can and it, well, there's that yeah. IBM Watson project, right? They, uh, they're using it a lot in healthcare at the moment. It's just passive, but they put it in the room. It observes. It takes in what people are saying, and at the end, it tells them what it would have done, and they're finding it incredibly accurate because it can judge all the different instruments and what people are saying and make the best decision. It's crazy. If it's I was crazy. in law school right now, graduating with the intention of becoming a lawyer and going to a firm and like articling and working my way up to partner over the next however many years, I would think about a new career choice immediately. Move fast and break things. I mean, it's fine to become a lawyer, but don't like don't go. You can't. You're not going to be able to do the regular route for very much longer. Right. Right. Yeah. Because it's it's going to change significantly. Interesting. Yeah. Hey, and guess who I think is starting to lead that that um, debate? Who's that? Like Peter Thiel. So, really? Yeah. So he just announced that he's going to be giving. I'm just going to call it for lulls the keynote at the uh, <laughs> at the um, Republican National Convention. No way. So, and he said that it, he's going to be having a frank he, – he said that the thesis of his talk is going to be that we must have a frank uh, conversation about the problems that exist in America today. Damn. Uh, and That'll be really interesting. He when said um, – I don't know. No clue. Um, he said that many people are uncertain in this election year, but most Americans agree that our country is on the wrong track. I don't think that we can fix the problems unless we can talk about them, frankly. Wow. That's going to be interesting. Well, he knows. He knows what uh, – like he knows what's coming. He knows about these issues with like, he knows more about these, these old white dudes in suits do about all the stuff that's coming down the line. Right. Like you look at the GOP, there's no way any of those people know what AI is. No, like the conference that I was just at was all people like us. There was not a single old person, person there. Like it was just uh, like 30 year olds. I'm like, all right, well, no one except us gives a shit, I guess. That's what's going on, <laughs> you know? That's crazy. And, but how can you expect them to? It's so out of their reach of comprehension of the – of like if you didn't know the advances in computer science and uh, and uh, and like how algorithms were advancing and how things were advancing, some of the things that you would hear in the press – would just sound crazy yeah indeed I mean, it I, sounds like it's jetson's shit yeah so like it kind of you kind of need someone like peter Thiel to be like all right old people here's what's up <laughs> you know america's yeah. fucking mess there's 40 million automatic rifles in it like people are cost killing each other immigration's crazy donald trump's about to be elected all the jobs are going to go away the economy's not working anymore like we're see all, all these things that are fucked up we should probably try and fix them or something because we're going to run the country off the rails in fact we if could we have just keep all, going run, well i mean we could and then i think that the like then the singularity will really be laughing at us. The simulator that we're in, whoever's we'll like controlling it is like, these guys, they're useless. Fucking humans. What What were we thinking? They're useless. They fail every time. We run them through every single scenario and they always just annihilate themselves. They're crazy. Hey, do you want to know something cool? Mm-hmm. Do you want to know like two cool things? 
Mm-hmm. This is a total total topic change. We finally reached fifty thousand listens. Oh yeah, that's pretty dope. And then we also just got an amazing review with the title really? future, "Future Global Domination." And uh, you should you should read it. Should I read some of it? It's really long. The review is long. Yeah, it's really good. I'm going to read a little bit. I listen to a ton of podcasts on business and technology as well as entertainment. These are two young dudes on the opposite sides of the Atlantic who are incredibly knowledgeable and insightful, not about tech, but also the world in general. And it keeps going and going and going. It's like listening on, uh, listening in on and lighting conversations happening now in Amsterdam and New York unfolding in the real world. That is dope. That made my day. Thank you, uh, Robon180. Man, that's so much nicer than the one that we got above. Oh, yeah, the one directly below it. John and Owen demonstrate a sound knowledge of many diverse tech issues, but are naive on political issues. Okay. You know, that's that one's bothered me since we got it because it I hate it when sad. people call well, I hate it when people call me naive because I'm like, okay, that's fair. I there I like only like, have the a, perspective that I have. So fair. there's tons like, of things I'm naive about. So just tell me what I'm naive about so I can yeah, become like, educated. <laughs> email me. I know. It makes me sad. So please uh, review but email us before you call us naive. I mean that's what learning is, right? I, I would love to know all the things, but unfortunately I haven't learned them all yet. Are we going to try and so, get this one out early or is this going out on its regular? I'm planning on releasing it before the weekend so I can go camping. Yeah. So yeah. if you're listening to this, it'll be out. It might be very Friday. soon already, I hope. And that, that should be a regular thing. And we're also thinking about doing a meetup, aren't yeah, we? We are. You're going to come over here. Yeah. So if people are listening and they're in New York, send us a tweet if you're interested because we'd love to hang out. And we'll probably do it in late August. So if if you're interested, tweet us because we'll put it on if we hear from a few of you. So uh, yeah, I am Jay Edgar, and Owen is <clears throat> at O W. At me, two letters. Two letters. And if you don't have the Twitter, you can email us hi at chargepodcast.com. It goes to both of us. We got one email from your. I just got a. Man. Uh, I just got a push notification from Jelly. You're still using Jelly. No, I didn't forgot it was uh, on my phone, and I have never opened it. <laughs> oh, you went long I mean. on Jelly like, like four weeks ago. I haven't opened it, but I just got a push notification from it, and you know what it said? What? How the Resident Evil? Question mark. How How the Resident Evil? <laughs> yeah. Four <laughs> words. How the Resident Evil? And a it's question good. mark. It's it good. good. It- <laughs> Just chilling with the Resident Evil, yo. Nice. We're doomed. Okay. Oh dear. Well, that was that was uh, very forward looking. I I'm, I'm interested. Like, I hope there's more of these kind of discussions. I think we'll probably talk more about the Peter Thiel thing very soon when it happens, whenever yeah, that is. Sorry. I feel like I was a little sluggish on my thought today. We had no. a, we just moved into our new office and had an unveiling party last night. So. <clears throat> I, I need to come to, to New sleep. York. That's had what you're to saying. I've been a little early this morning. Early yep. this morning. My head was nice. Yeah. All right, Owen. <laughs> Great to talk to you, John. Until Always next a week. Pleasure. Until next week. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>